There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer. Your safety is not guaranteed. In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. We open in media res. Chillhaven, night. The Indigo Residence. We open in the living room. Or you, I mean, you assume it's the living room because it's a large room with a couch in it, but it doesn't have anything else that would like scream living room to you. Like mm-hmm. the feeling of being lived in. Entertainment of any variety. Sure, yeah. Um, unless you like looking at picture of graph. Yes. <laughs> Look at his graph. <laughs> um, <laughs> Vesper is uh, seated cross-legged on the couch, still quietly munching a piece of pizza and staring at uh, you all, Penny, Zeke, and Heck, while Angela is upstairs, air quotes, pooping. Uh, yeah, Zeke is in the middle of his long, rambling apology, uh, just like, looking at Vesper about 20% of the time and then the other 80% of the time just looking upstairs for like a cue from Angela that Mm -hmm. he doesn't need to stall anymore or that he can stop talking. Yeah. So just, uh, uh, and you are, if I, man, I, I, I I should, I should have listened to you. You know, if I had listened to you and your, your wise, wise, Wise words of wisdom. We I, we wouldn't have been in that terrible situation. Listen to me about what specifically? All sorts of things about you know. Angela's running down the stairs really quickly um, with her hands behind her back, <laughs> and she just like busts into the living room and is like, "All right, Vesper, I am also so sorry. Exactly what Zeke said. Um, but we gotta go. Pooping emergency." And looks at Heck, Penny, and Zeke, and. Gives them a nod toward the door. Are you still pooping? I'm so... We just gotta go. It won't stop. You're pooping right now? I'm sorry, Vesper. Goodbye. You, uh, Angela, you run down and say all of that with your little hands behind your back holding this picture. And as soon as you get those words out of your mouth, uh, bright red lights start flashing in the room and an alarm starts sounding in the house. And Vesper drops their pizza onto the concrete floor and looks directly at you and says, Did you take something out of my mother's office? I thought you just lived here. No. That no. doesn't sound like something Why Angela did you all do. come here? 
To apologize. What is this? I can't no. pizza. I am not associated with whatever decisions Angela made while she was upstairs. I was not privy to them. They Listen, were made independently for me. And my second, apology was sincere. Every second that you all spend here bullshitting me, my mom and her goons are getting closer to coming to this house because this alarm is ringing in her office in Indigo Labs 2. So tell me the fucking truth. Angela, tell once. them what you took. Okay, Angela um, is sweating profusely and kind of her hands are shaking. You can see her shoulders kind of shaking. And she um, takes the photo and holds it above her head and says, I found heck. Give me that, Angela. Zeke, I am so doing? surprised at you. What? We came here, or at least I did, to, uh, you know, make Zeke, genuine- shut the fuck up. Give me the picture now. Okay. We don't have a lot of time. That's all right, fair. all right. Wow, this is a really lovely picture. And I'm going to start uh, trying to bleep, bloop on my science watch discreetly so I can get a quick scan of it. Vesper, I really was sorry. It's just, I, I don't know. I'm a kleptomaniac, and I'm confessing to you now. Okay, you know what? Fuck this. I'm sick of you all. Every time I give you the opportunity to be real with me, you all lie to me and trick me and bullshit me. And they uh, lift their wrist and touch a couple of buttons on their science watch. And you see large steel bolts shutting in front of the doors and large steel shutters dropping down in front of all of the windows. Vesper, you're... Listen, I know that you're upset, but look at this photo. Angela takes the photo back from Zeke and just holds it in front of Vesper's face and points right at Heck and says, this is Heck. Did you know about this? Heck says, uh, wait, what's me? <laughs> Angela, yeah, what's Heck? Angela kind of takes a step back from the group and like shows the photo to everybody and says, this photo is old as fuck and that's Heck. And Heck is right here. You all hear banging on the door and uh, muffled shouting from outside. Oh, ah, okay, okay, okay. I'm just going to go put the picture back in your mom's office, all right? Vesper stares at the picture for a second and then stares at Heck and then looks at all of you and lifts their science watch back up and clicks another button and says, um, you're not going to be able to get to your car. They're already outside but you can head out through the back door. I just unlocked it. <gasps> Thank you, Vesper. I really am sorry. And we Leave owe the picture. Get out of my house. Take a picture of it. Zeke takes a picture with his phone without trying to be discreet about it. Okay. Of the picture. <laughs> we fucking run. We run, and as we're leaving, I say, Vesper, thanks for being cool. Keep the pizza. And I dash out behind the rest of the group. Vesper flips you off behind your back. Were you going to take it, it before? Oh, yeah. I, I can see Penny <laughs> taking the leftovers like in a little plastic bag. taking it <laughs> <laughs> Penny grabs one last bite and then runs. <laughs> yeah, you all run out the back door of the mansion. You're able to see as you're making your way through the backyard, bright halogen looking flashlights moving around in the front of the house. And you see in silhouette a billowing lab-coated figure that Zeke, you recognize as Meredith Indigo, <gasps> surrounded by three or four creepy little hazmat-suited science guys moving around her in a hunched, inhuman, and kind of jerky sort of way, almost like they're sniffing around the front of the house. And you hear Meredith continuing to bang on the front door uh, for a moment before you hear the latch open. 
And just as you're about out of the yard, you hear Vesper's voice greeting their mom. What's behind Vesper's house? Uh, So you all are now, unlike the majority of the homes in Chillhaven, this house does not directly abut the Anodyne Pines. You all are in a open field backyard. There's the little manicured orchard back here, some benches, a little trail, a little water feature, koi pond. But beyond that, Uh there's basically like the fence at the edge of the property and then the road. Let's hop the fence. Heck, can you do that cool thing where you crouch down and like we step on your hands and you toss us over the fence? Yeah. What? uh, Sorry, what's going on with that picture? We listen. We get right now. We got to run. We'll talk about it when we get back to my house. Uh, okay, let's go. That's what I was trying to do. Couldn't do it. <laughs> See the lab. Cut to the basement laboratory of the Lynn residence, where Angela, Penny, Heck, and Zeke have regrouped to take a better look at the picture purloined from Meredith Indigo. Zeke bleeps bloops his science watch and swipes the picture up so that it is projected. All big above Jeff's science slab. Angela like grabs Heck's arm and puts Heck next to Heck in the photo mm-hmm. so that we can see them side by side. Yeah, so the photo is projected in high fidelity because of technology and supersized to the point that Heck in real life is almost like the exact same size as he is in the picture. It's like one to one. Mm -hmm. And with the exception of exactly two sugar glider ears, he looks identical to the Heck gently in the picture. And Heck kind of like... Heck lets you do that for a second because he's Heck, but then he immediately sh- like shakes you off and turns to face himself. Because it's a projector, you will now f- all for a moment are looking at Heck Gently's illuminated back, casting his shadow over a picture of him from roughly 65 years ago. Dang, that sure looks like Heck. Yeah, it does. Heck... Are you okay? Like, what are you thinking right now? Um, I don't know. I mean, when you all made me do earmuffs, what what did Sophia find inside of me? <sighs> she found she found the data banks that were your memories, but she also found a lot of space where code used to be, and she said it was decades worth. And I didn't tell you then because we didn't really know what it meant, but. Now we kind of do. Heck, you're 65 years old. At least. How come I don't remember? Well, and I don't say this to be dismissive, but um, you're a robot. It's, it's pretty easy. You just, you just click, and then you hit delete, and then you empty recycle bin. But maybe we can recover it. Yeah. Do you want to recover it? I don't really know what I want. This is it's a lot. Of a huh? lot. You want to sit? You want to sit down? Heck, if you want, we can just kind of sit here and hang out and act like things are normal for a bit. Just kind of get your mind off of it before we dig any deeper. Does that sound okay? Um, you guys are great. And I really appreciate 
uh, everything that you've been doing. I know that I asked for it pretty explicitly, uh, but now I don't like it, and I think I just need to go home. But, but let him be alone. Um, Penny's gonna go up to Heck and give him a hug and say, I don't think there's anything I can do to help right now, but just text me if you need anything. I'll check in in like an hour or so, okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye, Heck. Bye, Heck. And Heck leaves. Jeez, oh, Pete's. I feel like Angela's pretty speechless and feels really shitty. Yeah, Penny's got a little tear coming down her cheek. So, what do we, uh, what do we do about this heck thing moving forward? I feel like we can't, like, we've re- opened too many doors and raised too many questions to stop, but I don't want to push him. Penny's just been staring straight ahead at the wall this whole time. Penny, what do you think? Um, I think i'm gonna go home uh, but the, um the adventures we got it we, we got a mystery we gotta come up with some kind of plan yeah for sure um i just need to go home and see my dad we we're kind of trying to like be a family or something um so i should probably get back okay yeah let's call it a night it's kind of a emotional day Jeez. all right I'm going to get home and look for my dad. Penny, you get home and the house is dark and empty. And you realize that your dad is already gone and at his night shift at the zoo. Right. Well, I'm going to text my dad and say, Hey, dad, how's work? Question mark. Send. Bart sends you a blurry picture of a blue thumbs up in front of a boa constrictor in a glass cage that's a cool snake dad care if i swing by send he texts back and says that letter be cool school night question mark yes <laughs> so no <laughs> send he sends back just a letter k and then a thumbs up emoji. Okay, Penny's given up on that. Um, <laughs> she just like shakes her head, puts her phone back in her pocket. Um, Penny's going to go to her dad's room and start rummaging through um, some stuff. Like I think he keeps maybe a shoebox of like some old pictures, maybe some handwritten notes and stuff. So I'm just rummaging through the closet. You dig around in your dad stuff so is this shoebox that you're looking for this is something that you know that he has already yeah i think that he can't bring himself to throw some of these things away even though it he probably hasn't looked at them in years mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so you you kind of start sorting through this shoebox that bart keeps of uh, essentially mementos of your mom yeah mm-hmm and I think that you 
you see a lot of pictures that are probably familiar to you at first. Pictures of Bart and your mom when they were both young. Polaroids of them in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. There's pictures of them at your birth with your mom in the hospital bed holding you a little brand new newborn penny <laughs> with Bart, I think, passed out cold with his mouth open in a chair next to the bed. Wiener. <laughs> There's some some little kind of pretty anodyne notes that your mom left for your dad that he kept like just like the most mundane day-to-day stuff, like little sticky note reminders or like notes that she left in his lunch that for whatever reason, Bart decided to keep and is still holding on to. And then... As you dig a little bit deeper in the box, you find a picture that you don't remember ever seeing before. It's a Polaroid, and it's of your mom. And in it, she is standing at the edge of Lake Obelisk. She's not smiling in the picture. She's sort of just staring coldly into the camera. And the obelisk, the black pillar that rises from the center of Lake Obelisk, for which the lake is named, looms over her. And as you're staring at this picture, Penny, you start to lose yourself into it. Your vision on the periphery around the picture starts to blur a little bit. And as you're staring at it, you you swear that you can see your mom's eyes and her mouth subtly moving and you can hear a dissonant whisper growing in the base of your skull and then before your eyes you swear that you see in the sky above the obelisk the sun blot out and the sky turn black and thousands and thousands of stars emerge and then at the top of the obelisk a giant inhuman eye blinks open. And then the next thing you know, your mom's gone and you're there. You're not staring at a photograph anymore. You are there at the edge of Lake Obelisk. Above you, as when you were looking into the photo, the sky is inky black and seems to stretch into infinity. You can see the shape of the Milky Way stretched out across the stars. And there are more stars in the sky than you've ever seen before. And on that obelisk, this cold, inhuman eye continues to stare unblinking down at you. And then in the sky, in these multitude of ancient stars, shapes begin to reveal themselves to you. They're constellations. And you can't tell if the lines between the stars are being drawn before you or if your mind is putting these pieces together itself like looking up and finding shapes in the clouds once you see them once your eyes lock onto them it's as though they're painted on the stars themselves you see the fearsome millipede rearing up its many legs dangling out into infinity you see the mighty centaur the legs of its horse body longer and more distended than they should be you see the beholder its many eye-stalked limbs reaching out from its hideous, swollen center mass. And you see a Venus flytrap ready to snap closed on the very galaxies that inhabit it. Your gaze on the sky is broken and your attention drifts downward and you become aware of a new presence in the forest. There is a tremendous ship 
half buried in the earth at the edge of the lake. A massive, ancient-looking starcraft. As you gaze out on this ship, out from the point of contact with the ground, tendrils of prismatic light drift out into the water, infecting the very water of the lake. As these tendrils reach the edge of the lake, you watch helplessly as every bit of plant life there shudders and dies and collapses into a heap of dust. With that, our camera flies out from the interior of Penny White's mind and back into the real world, zooming rapidly up into the night sky. We fly away from Penny's neighborhood and up the side of a cliff, tracking rapidly upwards until we reach the edge. We are now looking out over the town of Chillhaven, as well as much of Anodyne Pines and Lake Obelisk. This is Handstuff Bluff, Chillhaven's highest point. With its beautiful views and remote location, the bluff has long been notorious as a destination for teenage vehicular hanky-panky. In fact, we see two such vehicles parked there now, their windows fogged over with the moisture of adolescent intimacy. The night is perfectly clear, and countless stars are visible set against its inky blackness. And then, from among those stars, we see a bright red streak of light. Car doors swing open and teens tumble out into the night air, their cell phones held aloft to capture this rapidly growing shooting star as it barrels seemingly directly towards them. Then comes the supersonic boom as the extraterrestrial object enters the atmosphere over Chillhaven. The teens gasp as large chunks of debris are shed from the mass of the object and crash down into nearby neighborhoods. And then they cover their faces from the thunderous explosion as the bulk of the shooting star makes contact with the earth beneath the anodyne pines. We cut back to the bedroom of Penny White several hours later. Penny, you wake up. You find yourself in your bed at the light of morning with no idea how you got there. It's just after dawn. The sun is rising outside of your window. Okay. Um, I'll wake up and uh, find dad. As you're waking up, actually, you hear the door closing uh, as Bart just returns home from work. Okay, Penny's going to go downstairs to meet her dad at the front door. Like, he's just walked inside. Mm -hmm. Morning, Dad. Hey, kiddo. You're up early. I'm always up this early, probably. I know you just got off work. Uh, Can I ask you a question, Dad? Uh, Yeah, totally. Anytime. Um, Am I like Mom? Like, am I like her the way she was when she was here? Oh, that is a question. Um, you know what? I tell you what, this, this feels like it's going to be like a kind of like a father daughter conversation sort of a situation. So, um, can we like, instead of standing in the doorway, do you want to move this into the kitchen and I'll start cooking you some breakfast and we can talk? Oh yeah. Uh, Good idea. That makes sense. Cut to Penny sitting at the (laughs) kitchen table as Bart picks eggshells out of some eggs in a pan. Mm, Just like Angela's. <laughs> so, uh, okay, are you like mom? Um, that's kind of a big question, Pen. Like, do, can you give a little bit more specific? Um, I can try. 
Um, you know how I'm really weird and um, strange things have always happened to me and I don't look like a normal kid my age? Did mom... Oh, Did hey, I get that from somebody? I think you look super normal, kiddo. You look... T- t- I couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Dad, I haven't blinked in like 10 years. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wouldn't notice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I listen, Penny. Um, your mom was a really complicated person. And towards the end, you know, before she took off... She wasn't a very nice person. How so? I I don't really want to get into it, to be honest with you. I What I'll say is, I don't think that you're like her, and I hope that you never are. I don't know what kind of person does what she did, abandons their kid and their partner, but I think, excuse my language, it sucks, and I think you don't. Thanks. So you don't know why she left? Listen, I just had a, a long day at work. I, I can't really get into this anymore right now. Can we just eat some eggs? Are there shells still in them? Uh, how big does it have to be to count as a shell? I'll let you know when I bite into them. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. You're welcome, kiddo. And Penny's just going to silently scarf down her eggs and head out the door to school. You spit out a couple of shells. <laughs> 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 we cut to the Atticus Jr. residence. And um, speaking of eggs, Angela's making her famous eggs right now. Better than the last time that she Crunchy made eggs. eggs. Famous <laughs> or infamous? Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the two things that she can probably cook. So she's just like trying to master this. But she's also like, she woke up early. She started making breakfast for her parents and she made like eggs and toast. And that's it. Like an orange juice. Um, but she like cut some flowers from the back of the yard and put them in a vase on the table. Like she is never this nice to her parents. Like, wow. She has never made them breakfast. Like she doesn't cook. I mean, she doesn't cook at all. So she's just uh, trying to butter them up, even though they always like give her what she wants, tells her what she needs to hear. But um, she's never really had like a serious conversation with her parents before. So she doesn't know how it will go. Yeah, so you are uh, scrambling up some eggs. Um, do you have the TV on? Yeah, I guess she has the news on. It's quiet, but it's on. Okay. Uh, I think actually right, it's weird, right before the news, <laughs> from like 5 to 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, on the main like network channel in Chillhaven, they tend to run just a block of old music videos. Oh my God, that's what Angela wanted to watch. Yeah, no, I know. So... Uh, <laughs> As you were like prepping the eggs, you were just like bopping to some Lisa Leeson call jam. And as you are finishing picking eggshells out of your eggs, the volume on the TV increases slightly and the music stops and you hear the familiar sonorous tones of Hazard Manningly coming over the television. Well, hello and good morning, Chillhaven, and welcome to Chill Good News Morning Action Hazard. I'm Hazard Manningly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't normally do this, but I just want to give a quick shout out to that Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam Bop that played right before we aired. They... Whatever is airing on the network is always streaming in the newsroom here before we go live, and normally I keep it to myself, but today, boy howdy... What a sound to wake up to. 
And you know what else was a sound to wake up to? That tremendous fiery crash that woke many of us up in our beds last night. And the screen cuts from Hazard Manningly to an aerial shot of wreckage. The Chiron at the bottom of the screen, it says, Mysterious crash decimates town. And you see from this like high helicopter shot, a long trail of wreckage, toppled trees, partially destroyed homes. It looks like a tornado has gone through town. Late last night, a few eagle-eyed Chillhaven citizens were lucky enough to capture footage of what they at first believed to be a shooting star. And now it cuts from the wreckage to some like shaky night vision cell phone footage of something big streaking across the sky and entering the atmosphere. But moments later, they and many other Chillhaven residents received a rude awakening as what was in fact a large unidentified space vessel made an unannounced and frankly unwelcome crash landing into the Anodyne Pines, leaving in its wake a trail of debris that badly damaged several homes and buildings. And again, it's that tracking shot of houses with like holes in the roof and trees knocked down in the backyard, big, huge divots blown out of their yard. And then it cuts to a shot of Lake Obelisk. Surrounding the lake, we see that familiar bright green caution tape of an Indigo Labs crime scene. And you see nose buried in the dirt just past the edge of the lake, a massive silvery metallic spacecraft. Scientific experts from Chillhaven's own Indigo Corporation are already on the scene performing a preliminary investigation of the crash site. But of what origin came this ship, and what caused its fiery impact with our unassuming little town? I don't have those answers yet, but the moment I do, rest assured that I will share them with you all on this televised news program. And now, a little bit lighter news. It's our favorite weatherman, Dave Dagner, with the weather. Dave, tell me we got some sunshine coming up, bud. Well, Hazard, uh, I'm sorry I'm going to have to disappoint you here, but it is looking like nothing but rain in the forecast here in Chillhaven. And it cuts to like the, the weather thing, and it's just a bunch of like sad-faced rain clouds with like like a bunch of rain coming out of them for the next like week or so. How hard of a rain. We are on track for record rainfall for the month of October here in Chillhaven. If you don't have a poncho and a lifeboat, well, Hazard, I suggest you get one. <laughs> of course I do, Dave. Hazard Manley is always prepared. Angela, as she's hearing this and like preparing breakfast, she quickly does um, a search for like the article about this online. Mm -hmm. And as always, yeah, um, Angela sent a flutter thread to Zeke and Penny about the crash that she had just seen and then said, want to go camping tonight? And then with a tent emoji, ghost emoji, spaceship emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hot dog emoji again and then like a lake and then sends it Uh, but then she throws her phone in her backpack or her purse and then doesn't look back at it right now she's trying to focus on Allie and Anthony okay if they show up okay so Angela just as you are plating three plates of breakfast and tell me how your plating looks just eggs, right? Um, I think that Angela went all out for this one and added some edible flowers on top. Oh. Just to give a little... How does she know that these flowers are edible? She literally... Ate one. 
ate yeah and she was fine so she then she put the rest on the plate where did she get the flowers um the yard there's like a bunch of so they live in the pacific northwest so there's like a ton of the pacific northwest is like filled with plants and fruits and veggies that you can just they just grow wild all the time so mm-hmm. she just went out in the backyard and like um she just like was googling stuff and like i don't know she just found some like edible plants and just did it because she wanted it to look cute so she had like little colorful things on top and she wanted to look um like she was being like top chef okay <laughs> for them <laughs> to show that like she really cares about this breakfast that she's serving her parents all right, so uh, literally, as you are putting down these beautifully plated piles of eggs and flowers, Allie and Anthony Atticus Jr., in unison, fully dressed, impeccably dressed, tromp on down the stairs and into the kitchen. And Allie says, Angela, oh my gosh. Are you, I'm sorry, are you having company? You made breakfast for your friends? or <laughs> No, this is for you and dad. And me, for us to kind of get, you know, just hang out before I have to go to school. You almost said get to know each other. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Anthony says, um, well, uh, oh my gosh, dear, it's, I can't, I can't believe it. When have you found the time to learn to cook so well? It looks fantastic. Thank you. My friend Flo has been trying to teach me, but. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't know who this Flo is, but she's done a magnificent job. And Allie says, like, yes, I mean, Angela, it's honestly, it's, it never ceases to amaze me. It's anything that you try your hand at, you're just perfect at. I don't know where you get it. Well, thank you. Well, come sit down. Let me grab you some orange juice. Let me get some coffee. Start eating. Um, I'll come join you in a second. Oh, okay. Well, do you want us to wait for you or just No, no, no. no. Go ahead. Go ahead. And they kind of exchange, like, a, a glance, and then they both sit at the table pretty much simultaneously and then start dutifully scooping eggs and flowers into their mouths um angela pours three cups of coffee and just brings it over to the table and grabs this like craft of oj that she got out and puts it on the table and she grabs her fork but she doesn't take a bite yet she's just kind of watching her parents for a second um so i was talking with uh uncle jeff the other day and um Y'all wouldn't, like, lie to me about anything, right? Anthony, like, just starts choking on some eggs. <laughs> Dad, are you okay? And Allie starts patting his back aggressively. And she says, oh, my God, Angela, no, we would never, we would never lie to you about anything. Anthony, are you all right? <laughs> you, like, you see some egg, like, fall out of the corners of his mouth. Nasty. And he says, um, oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm so sorry, Angela. I just, the, the very thought of it just... Filled my body with revulsion and horror. Well, that's what I thought. And I have a question, and I want y'all to be honest with me. Uncle Jeff was telling me that when I was younger, that I like, disappeared into the woods for a little bit in Anodyne Pines. And y'all were like looking for me for a couple days and wouldn't stop looking for me and got the whole town involved. But I was gone for like 48 hours, and then... You just grabbed me and I came out of the woods and I, I mean, I don't remember this and we've never talked about it. Like, how come we've never talked about this before? Anthony and Allie exchange a significant look and kind of slowly chew their eggs and flowers. <laughs> and they exchange this look for a while. It seems like they're both sort of willing the other to speak and neither of them wants to. And then they both 
again, almost simultaneously turn and face you, Angela. And Allie says, yes, that did happen. I can't believe you don't remember. You ran off into the woods. And she's like looking at you and like nodding. So I've been told. And she says, um, and then, and now she's looking at Antony and she's like, and we, we went to look for you. And then we found you. And uh, we all came back out of the woods and everything was great. And Antony says, yes, yes, I remember it very clearly. Uh, I was holding your hand and your mother was holding your other hand. And we all walked out of the woods and then there everyone was. There everyone was? Yes, they, they had all been looking for you also. The, who's they? The town? Yes, everyone in town. We were all looking for you. And uh, I, remember, I remember being in the woods and then walking out of it. Doesn't sound like you remember anything from actually being in the woods. Do you? Doesn't that mean this is a very big story you're telling me? It's, uh, we were, I remember we were there together in the forest. And then you wanted to leave, so we all walked out. What did I say to you all? Well, you were just, I mean, you were just a little child. But we knew that you wanted to leave and be around human beings again. What? And, And so we all left the forest together. And everyone was very happy to see us. And then we had to move because they had so many questions and you didn't know how to answer them and we didn't know how to answer them. So, um, you know, I found a job down in California and then there we went. I'm sorry. I wanted to be around humans? Well, you know, I mean, people. Your mother means people. Y'all are acting very strange right now. Angela, we're just trying our best to answer your questions. We just, all we ever want to do is whatever you want, you know, and whatever you need. And it seems like right now you need us to answer these questions. And so that's what we're doing. No, you're right. Thank you. Um... Angela, um, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I try to keep, be a hands-off mom and you're always so gorgeous and put together. <laughs> Thank you. But, um... Do you want, maybe before you go to school, and I'm just saying this to you because I know what your standards are for yourself. Maybe just a little bit more concealer up here, sweetheart. <laughs> and she points to her own forehead. Angela uh, drops her, she's been holding a fork the whole entire time. But just she aggressively at well, them? No, not at them. <laughs> just holding it like she's going to eat her eggs, but she hasn't had the chance to. Uh, but she drops her fork and, and touches her forehead. You, as soon as, Angela, as soon as you touch your forehead, you feel in parallel on either side of your head, two pretty meaty zits, one on each side of your forehead. Angela runs into the bathroom to look and check herself in the mirror. Oh, fuck. Uh, thanks for letting me know, Mom. I'm just, I wasn't, you're beautiful to me always. I just, I know, you know I, I know. knew that you would care. I know. Thank you, Mom. Uh, And yeah, in the mirror, you see you have two like big angry zits, one on either side of your forehead. Angela digs into the drawer in the um, bathroom and grabs little pimple patches that are shaped 
and um, Hello Kitty faces. Are those ones <laughs> that you actually did yes. have? Okay. And the oh, little... sorry. What's the Chill Haven Hello Kitty? Come on. Greeting puppy. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so greeting puppy, zip patches, sticks two on her forehead, runs upstairs, grabs a baseball cap that just says like sports, sports, and then <laughs> slaps it on on her head and runs downstairs. She like checks her her watch and realizes that it's, it's time to go to school, but um, she starts grabbing her stuff and looks at her parents, back at her parents, and says like, "Hey, um, well, thank you, I guess, for chatting." Uh, I know I kind of ambushed y'all, but um, we'll talk later about this more, maybe. Uh, They're both looking directly at you with their eyes and heads. And Allie says, "Um, of course, we're always here to talk whenever you need us to be. And Anthony says, whenever you need us. Angela used to like think that her parents just like loved her and wanted her attention so badly. But now she's like, this is fucking weird. Um. She just tells them bye, waves to them, grabs her stuff, and walks to school since she doesn't have her car. Uh-huh. Cut to the Lynn residence. All right. So Zeke uh, obviously slept in extra late because he ain't going to school no more. Uh, he wakes up around 11 a.m. as he does many mornings in his gamer chair. PS2 controller on his lap. PS2? Yeah. He's got a bunch of different consoles. Okay. Yeah, he's playing. Cool. He's trying. <laughs> he's trying to play Shadow of the Colossus for like the tenth time because whenever people talk about it, he's always like, "Oh yeah, it's such a good game." And I love, you know, like the empty space and how there's not a lot going on until you fight the bosses because you know, like the empty space makes the boss fights feel so much more epic. But he hasn't actually ever finished playing it or gotten very far because he actually finds the long empty space is really boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's att- he was attempting it again last night and he fell asleep. He wakes up, he checks his phone, he sees the flutter thread from several hours ago that Angela sent to the group text, and he says, uh, "Oh." I really need to quit falling asleep in this chair. Sophia? Roger, Zeke. Morning. Is Dad home? Wee oui, wee. Oui. He is in the living room. Uh, Zeke stands up and he stretches and he moseys downstairs to the living room and he says, Morning, Dad. You mosey down to the living room and Jeff is in standing in front of the television with a yoga video playing on silent on the speakers loudly is playing like a droning tibetan monk chant as your dad in front of the yoga video does made up tai chi (laughs) on a yoga mat in the living room (laughs) morning dad how's your workout good morning zeke right at the peak yep you pumping in all my cells are open Love, love to have those open cells. That's how you get it in. Uh, hey, Dad, have you watched the news at all this morning? Uh, nope, just been doing Tai Chi for, well, I guess 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> how much longer you got? Oh, I'm done. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the lady in the video is still going. Oh, no. <clears throat> She's doing yoga, Zeke. I was doing Tai Chi. There's a huge difference. Well, what? Okay, we're just going to move on. This I isn't what like I want to talk about. I just like her energy and I like her attitude. <laughs> Great. And I hate her voice, so I play it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, okay, 
Dad, had, um, so you haven't seen the news today. Ugh! He's like wringing out his ponytail and there's just like a sweat pulling out of it. Ugh. That's gross. Gross. I have not seen the news today. No, is that a song? That sounds like a song. I read the news today. Oh, dad. That's the one. Uh, anyway, dad, can you just um, look at what happened in Chillhaven last night? And Zeke hands Jeff his phone with the flutter thread pulled up. He pokes at your phone a couple of times. How do I, uh, it says promoted. Can you tell the difference between these four pictures? Oh my God. Give me a... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And Zeke just, uh, reads aloud the flutter thread to Jeff. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. A friggin' spaceship crashed here last night. Do you think it's aliens? (laughs) I, I, well, I don't know. Do you think it's aliens? I don't know. Further research is needed. Should it we... could be space-faring chupacabras. <laughs> no. Dad, you barely said that with a straight face. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> I know I say chupacabras a lot, but what people don't realize is chupacabras are like kudzu. Those suckers are invasive and they are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, I'm off of school the next two weeks and this is a pretty big deal. Do you want to uh, head down to the crash site and check it out as a little father-son team-up? Zeke, as much as I love a father-son team-up, aren't you supposed to be doing your schoolwork for the next two weeks? Like, don't you have homework to do? Your suspension is meant to be a punishment, I'm led to understand. Not, you know, an excuse to do cool father-son UFO invent. Ah, who am I kidding? Let's go check it out. (laughs) Hell yeah, Dad. Uh, And Zeke and Jeff get into the Jeff Mobile. Let's talk game plan. Because it looked from the pictures in the flutter thread that Indigo Labs had already kind of set up their own investigation. So, like, you're the master of stealth. You got to hunt aminals in the woods all the time being stealthy. How are we going to get by them? Um, I'm not normally stealthy. Typically, I set traps or find them dead. Okay. Uh, did you bring Sophia? I mean, there's always a Sophia drone in the vehicle, as well as the Sophia attached to both of our super science watches. Yeah, but did Big Sophia come? Big Sophia is not here. Okay. You um, you absolutely would have noticed <laughs> her on the crawling into the fucking vehicle with us. <laughs> well, maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe she's just clinging to the bottom like Robert De Niro on Cape Fear. <laughs> well, I guess fuck it. We'll do it live. All right. So, yeah, y'all, Zeke and Jeff screech to a stop at the end of a gravel road that terminates in the Chillhaven Lake Obelisk boat launch. This is the easiest part of the lake to reach by vehicle. So you all pull to a stop and Zeke, you can see across the lake past the obelisk, a massive spaceship buried in the earth. It's only a few meters back from the edge of the water. And it towers over most of the trees in its immediate vicinity. This is a big fucking spaceship. And when I say spaceship, I mean, ooh, baby, classic spaceship. Long cylindrical body. Presumably pointed nose buried in the earth. At the end of that long cylindrical body. Big old fins. We got some big fins sticking up out of there. Some round windows all the way down the body of the ship, visible rivets, and three massive engines sticking up out of the back of the ship in the midst of those fins. 
this spaceship has clearly lost a decent number of chunks in its way back down through Earth's atmosphere, but the main core of it seems largely intact. And you can see from even from across the lake where you and your dad are, that the uh, hatch of the ship remains sealed closed. Lastly, stenciled across the side of the ship, worn by time but still just legible, you're able to make out two words. Prospect Quandary. Oh my, oh goodness. I wonder what that rocket was doing, burning out its fuel up there, alone, in the cold, dead, vacuum of space. Seems so lovely. Can't wait to visit. Speaking of rockets, let's talk about the people who rock it every week to make this podcast. Miss Lawson is the brilliant mind and voice behind Penny White. Mace Westman is the force of personality behind Angela Atticus Jr. James Chenlar is the creative maestro behind Zeklin, as well as the composer of all the podcast's music. And Philip Swessman is the one working who makes it all happen, as the voice of everyone else, and in their role as the Game Master. Our introduction was performed by actual geniuses and Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. The Game Monster of the Week was created by Michael Sands. Okay, I'm gonna go work on getting to space. Catch you later.